The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This program is intended for educational purposes. You're listening to Radio Azim Premji University. Kapil came on the scene in 79. Kapil Devko, man of the match tonight. The amazing thing is, before Kapil hit the scene, LBW Kapil for 97. No Indian fast bowler had taken even 100 wickets in tests. The closest was Ramakant Desai, who took some 90-odd wickets. Kapil Dev yokes Majid Khan for a duck. Kapil hit the scene, and soon we saw a fast bowler from haryana coming running in and bowling and having three slips edged and taken at second slip by ving saka and kepal dev gets eight for 106 earlier the new ball would be taken and umrigar and ramchand would bowl two two overs and then it will go to gupte and gulam and mankar so fast bowling was not even seen and kapil changed all that beautiful piece of bowling by kepal dev If in 80, an Indian cricket lover had said an Indian fast bowler would take 400 plus wickets, he would have been sent to the lunatic asylum. That was a great performance by Kepal Dev. Push the boundaries to Chittagong at one end and Cox's Bazaar at the other. And there'll still not be enough. It's all dropped. Well caught with Giri and Raghu. Episode 4 World Cup Whirlwind He was not only a magnificent bowler he was so fit that he never missed a test match for injury can you imagine a fast bowler kapil played without missing a test all his life he was dropped for one test and he was an uncanny batsman who placed the ball like no one else did what he wasn't hitting for fours and sixes he was hitting for ones and twos and he ran brilliantly between wickets he was never run out in one day cricket he was run out only twice or thrice and in test matches he never ran the other player also out he only got two instances of run out in test cricket both were kirmani at the other end who ran who was run out and on both those occasions kapil scored a 100 kapil dev was the most amazing cricketer we ever had and perhaps has had the greatest influence on indian cricket you know cricketers within a team may have differences among themselves it's inevitable and one would have heard that the equation between kapil dev and gavaskar was not great but don't go into all that just listen to gavaskar and see the fulsome respect and praise he has for kapil dev Uh, the reason why i call him india's you know greatest match winner is simply because he he won matches for india with the bat and with the ball which is not what many others have done i think many others have won with either the bat or with the ball but only kapil in my view has uh, won matches with both bat and ball outstanding performances a great shot coming to the world cup which was started in 1975 a 60 over tournament mind you at that time in both 75 and 79 in the first two editions west indies not only won the world cup but did it in absolutely convincing fashion 
showing everyone that they were simply the best in this kind of cricket. And in 83, they were again the favourites. India, which had done very poorly in 75 and 79, this time had one man, the captain, who thought they will make it count and do something which is going to shock the world. What do you think are your team's chances in the Cup? We're here to win. The captain believed that. To win the World Cup. What as we here for? Kapil had not only made his mark and made a serious impression on not in just home tests, but even in away matches. And he was given the captaincy, especially in the one-day game. So Kapil Dev, as captain, an inexperienced one, brought a team, a balanced team, with medium pacers to support him, a good batting team, which had started doing well earlier in the West Indies. But there were no hopers as far as the 83 World Cup was concerned and West Indies were the odds-on favourite. We won the World Cup because of one man, man. The man who had so much of self-belief in himself. Couple there. Thanks to you, Couple there. The tournament started. India started doing pretty well. And by the time the semi-finalists were spotted, India had done an absolutely unbelievable turnaround in an earlier crucial match to make it to the semi-finals. Playing against lowly fancied Zimbabwe, the Indians had been 17 for 5 and 27 or so for 6. Kapil Dev, in the company of Kirmani, turned things around. He scored an almost unbelievable 175 not out and took the Indian total to the high 200s. We bowled out Zimbabwe and this match gave the Indian team the kind of spirit and the belief that they could really do something amazing in this particular World Cup. They started playing wonderfully in the semi-finals. They completely strangled England. That's perfectly timed. The last ball of the day. Bob Willis's leg stump goes over. He's out for naught and England are dismissed at the end of 60 overs for a score of 213. Not a lot for the England bowlers to play with and the Indians could afford to pick and choose their scoring strokes. They started fairly carefully and by the 10th over were 21 without losing a wicket. 2-1-3 for 4, the Indian reply in the 55th over. And coasted to victory. This I think we can confidently predict will be the last ball. It will be a tremendous Indian victory. He can hit it anywhere, that's it. Four runs off the edge. India are through to the final. What a great day for Indian cricket. But the final was against the West Indies. We were bowled out for 183 at Lords. When we were bowled out for that kind of a total, nobody gave us any hope. But with some excellent strategy, very, very clever bowling, we got the mighty West Indians. Would you imagine? The openers were Greenwich and Haynes. And he's gone. 
Haynes has been struggling there, tried to hit that on the up, never quite there for the drive. And very nicely caught at short extra. One down was Viv Richards. And the Indian skipper has done a tremendous job to get back there. Marvellous running catch. And Richards has gone for 33. Gomes. That is tremendous from India's point of view. Gomes gone, caught Gavaskar, bowled mud and lull. 66 for four. Gomes goes for five and Lloyd is there, eight not out but injured. Followed by Clive Lloyd, the captain. He's gone. Kapildev, the skipper, extra cover. Lloyd is caught. 66 for five and West Indies in total disarray now. Backus reaches Nix. He's caught. He's out. Syed Kamani is the catcher. Jubilation among the Indian fielders. So Backus is caught. Kamani, Bolsandu, and Dujon. Dujon on 25 to face. And he's pulled it on. And he's walked the miracle. This batting lineup. After Richards was taken brilliantly by Kapil Dev running backwards towards midwicket, just crumbled against the clever bowling of medium pacers like Bini, Amanath and Madan Lal. And that's out. Yes, it's all over this time. Lost his nerve in the end and Michael Holin tried to swing that straight ball to leg. It's another wicket for Amanath and how delighted he looks. 140 all out West Indies on the margin of their victory, 43 runs as India race into the pavilion with the Prudential Cup players. Tremendous victory. This match and the victory in the World Cup completely changed cricket and cricket following in India. India can do it. Skipper Kapil Dev and the Indian cricket team proved it by claiming the Prudential World Cup staged in England against odds of 50 to 1. Unfancied at the start, India gained courage and confidence through sustained teamwork to emerge at the top of the world in this exciting encounter of cricket champions. In New Delhi, Prime Minister Indira Gandhi shares the joy of victory by hosting a reception. It is congratulations all round, for it is a victory hard-earned. Suddenly, everyone was clued into this game. The following was going up tenfold and suddenly cricketers started making money. The euphoria of the 1983 World Cup win will never go away especially for people like us who saw it on television or the luckier ones who saw it live there. Coming up on the other side of the break. There it is, victory for India. Well played. Suddenly you have star sports coming in. It's a time. They sent him to Pakistan and it was baptism by fire. We will travel all over India, listen to all kinds of people in many, many different languages. We will go to Pandharpur in Maharashtra, where we will hear from the Marathi Varkari poets like Namdev the tailor. We will travel north to Banaras, 
and hear from Kabir the weaver, Raidas the cobbler. We will travel to Rajasthan. We will hear from Meera and other poets of that region. We will also go down south to Karnataka and we'll hear from the Kannada Machanakaras, people like Devaradasimya, the weaver, or Madarachanaya, the cobbler. These people constitute the bhakti path or tradition. Bhakti Republic with Amit Basole. Out now, only on Radio Azim Premji University. the 70s, the money that a cricketer got for playing a test match was 700. At that time, therefore, remember, everybody played cricket for the love of the game. A person would work in the State Bank of India, come to St. Mark's Road main office, do what he could from 9 to 5, take permission to practice, play weekend league cricket here, whether it is for city cricketers or BUCC, find time to play the Ranji, get paid a pittance for that, Travel second class train to go to Guntur or Bombay, play cricket there, come back and once in a year play the test match for 250, 300, 400 rupees. Even in the 70s, 700 rupees. It was only after that inflection point of 80s to 90s. 80s when India embraced cricket post Kapil Dev Prudential 1983 World Cup and the opening of the borders and literally of everything through globalization and liberalization. TV rights, unheard of, everything to do with Suddenly you have star sports coming in. You have ESPN, you have other things. This is the Star TV Network and you're watching Prime Sports. Suddenly, everyone was clued into this game and Kapil Dev, with his newfound fame, became the hero of India and their prowess was absolutely validated and completed. Two years later, after 83, we had the World Series Championship in Australia. And this time, India were not no-hopers, but they were not favourites either. So, Raghu, this uh, team that went to Australia was led by Gavaskar. And quite a few people, including you and me, believed that the team that went in 1985 was perhaps even better than the team that won the Prudential in 1983. You had Shastri and Srikanth opening and they were at the top of their game then. You had young Azaruddin fresh from three test centuries. You had Dilip Mangsarkar in the middle order. And most interestingly, Captain Gavaskar came at number five. And then you had the all-rounders like Madan Lal and Mohinder Amarnath. And you had the new wicketkeeper, Sadhanand Vishnath. Full of spunk, full of sparkle. Somehow he added that extra zing to the bowling of L. Shivaram Krishnan, the leg spinner, and Shastri, the canny left-arm spinner. And you had, of course, Kapil Dev, Chetan Sharma, Roger Bini. So you had a team that had excellent bowlers who could bat. You had these two fine spinners. And one could even say that Lakshman Shivaram Krishnan and uh, Sadhanand Vishnath were perhaps the toast of the team 
including, of course, the man of the series, Shastri, and the irrepressible Srikant. And Giri, this time, an Indian team, which was not such outsiders, won practically every match they played and beat Pakistan in the final very, very convincingly. ...of cricket between India and Pakistan at the MCG. There it is, victory for India. Well played, a fantastic performance. Victory by eight wickets. The batsman not out. Shastri, 63. Vensaka, 17. And the huge crowd give them a standing ovation. Would say, well played, India, as the fireworks begins. Now I'd like to ask Sunil Gavaskar if he'll come up and accept a cheque for $32,000. Ladies and gentlemen... First of all, I'd like to thank uh, the manager and the members of my team for having given me this wonderful present on my last day as captain of India. Well, uh, Shrikant, the opening batsman, was named as player of the match here at the MCG. And the man who won the Audi car was Ravi Shastri for his all-round performances in this world championship of cricket. It was the coming of age of Indian limited over cricket. In test cricket, of course, it was uh, largely uh, Gavaskar and Kapil Dev carrying the team on their shoulders. Kapil Dev lost the captaincy to Gavaskar and then after the uh, victory in Australia, the one-day World Championship victory in Australia, Gavaskar uh, gave up captaincy and Kapil Dev took it back. And so Kapil Dev led India right till the 1987 World Cup that we hosted in India. For India, hosting the World Cup in 1987 was a huge I think the president of the BCCI, NKP Salve, uh, leading that effort, um, it was known as the Reliance Cup, if we remember it right. But for a lot of Indians who were very cocksure of winning again, uh, the semi-final loss to England in 1987 was a rude shock. So, how did we uh, go out of the 1987 World Cup in the semi-final? And as for India, unfortunately, Beng Saka was ill and had to withdraw. So, they'll read Shrikant Kavaska, Sidhu Azaruddin, Kapil Dev, Ravi Shastri, Chandrakant Pandit, Prabhakar, Kiran Mori, Chetan Sharma and Maninda Singh. India won the toss, put England into bat. 2.54, the England score. A very fine effort indeed. 2.54 for six. So now, India needs a 2.55 to win. A run rate required of 5.1 per over. And that's gone high. Who's calling for it? Downton. He's caught it. And England have won. And England go to Calcutta to meet Australia in the final. England have beaten India Which simply swept our spinners out of the contest, scored a magnificent 100. End of story. But in between, what happened was the 1986 tight test. We've spoken to you in one of the earlier episodes of that fabulous tight test in Brisbane. And after that, it was the tight test in Chennai that captured everybody's imagination. Unlike the first tight test where the match swung this way and that way throughout the five days to come to a culmination, the 1986 tight test in Chennai was actually 
fated for a dull draw on the fifth day, but Border declared overnight. And Border declared the Australian second innings on 170 for five at the end of the fourth day to leave India 348 runs to get to win on the final day. And the Indians under Kapil Dev took up the challenge and they went for the target. So you had Gavaskar and Srikanth giving us a blazing start, largely due to Srikanth. Then you had Mohinder Ramanath and Gavaskar consolidating. And then you had players sequentially giving important contributions till the last over when Shastri and Maninder were together. Shastri took a single so that India were level. So what Shastri ensured was India would not lose. But he left the last ball to uh, Maninder to score the winning run. We are looking at an incredible possibility. From the Indian point of view, all they want is for Maninder to push a single run. It's a tie. The match has ended in a tie. It's an unbelievable result. History has been made here at the Chidambaram Stadium at Chepok. Unfortunately, Maninder was adjudged LBW to Greg Matthews meaning that the match ended in a tie. So, when you look at Indian Test cricket of the 80s, probably the highlight of that would be the tight test in Chennai. As we said, the spin bowling in uh, during the 80s was not great. It was largely defensive. You had a Shivlal Yadav, you had a Ravi Shastri, you had a Maninder Singh, but you had nobody anywhere near the spin quartet of the 70s. The batting was strong. So, we were reasonably good, but nothing great. They didn't do too well for the next two or three World Cups. Kapil was an attacking, instinctive captain. Gavaskar was considered very defensive, though he produced excellent results in 85 and a few games thereafter in one-day cricket. But then in 1989, a small boy, a 16-year-old from Bombay, came onto the scene and our selectors, with a lot of courage, and what, what shall I call it, some kind of prescience, decided to push him at that young tender age into test cricket. And it was baptism by fire. Because they sent him to Pakistan to face Imran, Wasim Akram and other fast bowlers of a completely different class from anything he would have encountered in India. I think second inning bouncer But the boy made good. And he became the idol of Indian cricket for the next 30, 40 years. And my view is that the best player I've ever seen is Tendulkar. So, when you connect cricket and if you want to look at the 1980s and say India coming of age in ODIs, India playing decent test cricket but not great because their bowling was not great and Kapil single-handedly doing stuff. 
the tight test of chennai being our test highlight so collage of all these events in indian cricket where odi cricket was the highlight Make sure you check out the show notes where we share the show resources and acknowledgements. And don't forget to subscribe or like our channel for future episodes. On the next episode. Inflection point is the 90s. A lot of money was pouring in and Sharjah started staging matches. Sachin had started to emerge as the world's best batsman. I roared saying, what a shot. What a shot. Did you see that? You are listening to Radio Azim Premji University.